Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Backfield Boys. This is yours truly, Brendan, also known as B. And as always, I am joined by Lucas Kochevar and Jackson Kelly. How's Ooh. it going, fellas? <laughs> Cold yeah, I'm going pretty dog, good, dog. Pretty good. What have you been up to? Hey, man, it's been good. I don't think it's been as good as Oklahoma and te- Texas days, but <laughs> it's been pretty good, man. Because, I mean, the news dropped today. The SEC voted unanimously to accept Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC, and they will officially be in the conference within the next five years because – most people expect them to be in there by next year because they'll just buy out the contract, although it's a lot of money. You know, there's going to be so much money poured in by ESPN, the SEC, the TV contracts. So a lot of people are expecting both both teams to be in the conference by 2022. Yeah, yeah. It surprised me a little bit that it was unanimous because I thought Texas a was going to hold out or whatever. But obviously, oh, yeah. obviously they're like, no, nah, we, we're not doing anything. <laughs> our little they, vote isn't changing anything they were kind of forced to because i yeah. mean the other 13 teams said yes they didn't want to kind of look like sore losers so i feel like they finally said you know what we're going to give a thumbs up because we feel like we can be the best program out west but it's looking kind of dicey for them now because that's the reason they left the big 12 effectively is because they couldn't really compete in that conference they get in the sec they do pretty well but now they're going to have two big recruiting rivals and two teams that they hate so they're the only team in the SEC that kind of takes an L from it because I feel like everyone else, it doesn't really affect that much. It just makes them more money, and it gives them more exposure. Like, the SEC was already the best conference, but now it's by far the best conference, and every other team's going to gain money, exposure, and elevated competition, which, you know, might help recruiting, and is definitely going to kind of iron sharpens iron, you know. So I think for the entire SEC, it's a really good thing, but Texas a and has to be a little bit salty. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like Texas – I think Mizzou also hurts from it, but I don't think Mizzou is doing mm. anything crazy either. Like, I don't think oh, they, they're relevant. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> they, haven't done, <laughs> they haven't done anything for a little while, so they hurt, but, like, not really. Is that a Kentucky fan calling Mizzou irrelevant, though? I mean, aren't you guys <laughs> kind of on the same level? I mean, at least they've made an SEC championship in the last, like, 10 years. Yeah, but there's other sports than just football that this affects, dude. Okay, but this is the backfield boys, not the backcourt boys. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about SEC though, bro. I'm just talking about the, okay. the move in general. Okay, okay, that's fair. But I mean, if I've got to be so narrow minded, then yeah, dude, football related, um, maybe. But I don't think Missouri's beat Kentucky in like three or four years. That's fair. So sure, they made it the SEC championship in what, like 2014 or something? Yeah, against Auburn. Oh, dude, that was almost a decade ago. No, they made it, they made it back-to-back years. They made it against Auburn in 2013 and Alabama in 2014. Dude, I think, yeah, Kentucky was down bad that year, dude. But, you know, on the move in general, I don't hate it or love it. It is what it is. I'm not, like, excited for Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC, but I'm also not, like, in love with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't – Yeah. It's a big deal to say I don't care either way. But I think my thing is I see it like, you know, I have feelings on it for both sides. So let's delve into that. So what, what do you think the pros and the cons are of Oklahoma and Texas moving into the SEC? Well, the cons are I'm not a real I'm, – I'm, 
I don't really like change that much. I really don't. Okay, I like stuff fair. the way it is. And I just, I'm not a big change guy, dude. So that happens. The pros are kind of like you mentioned earlier. I mean, competition will be better. And so that's a plus. You know, the SEC is definitely the best now. The cons are the changes and I don't know, dude. Is Texas really the southeast? You know? The, the only thing that they're not. And the only thing that kind of makes me nervous about Texas is they've caused problems every conference they've joined. They're kind of famous for it. Whatever conference they go to, they kind of wreck. And I know that they're not going to have as much power within the SEC as they did the yeah, Big 12. They because... will never run the SEC. No. Oh, no. I mean, they'll never be like an Alabama or a Georgia or a Florida or someone who has power, has money, and has been entrenched in the South for so long. I mean, Texas – it's a great state, you know. Texas is a great overall, like, all-time program, but they haven't been relevant since Vince Young. I mean, or Colt McCoy, say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, ever say, since bro. Colt McCoy got hurt in that national championship, they've been pretty much irrelevant since. And I think Steve Sarkeesian has a very bright future there, but they just lack the luster they used to. And I think Oklahoma's going to do great. But I don't, I don't think Texas – they're, they're going to have a pretty rough transition because it's easy to win eight, eight, nine, ten games in the Big 12 on a good year, but then you go to the SEC, you'll be lucky to win six or seven. So I don't think that they're going to go in thinking they can really run things or control things, especially because it's going to take them a long time to, you know, get their feet, get their feet wet, play some games, you know, win nine, ten games. That's going to take four or five years to build a program like that they can win in the SEC, whereas Oklahoma, they're going to walk in and win nine or ten games a year because they already have that program built and established. So I think for the SEC overall, it's a it's a good thing. You know, the SEC is actually projected to make more money than the entire NCAA when Oklahoma and Texas joined. Because in 2025, which was the original projected year, the NCAA is projected to make $1.2 billion, whereas the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas would make $1.3 billion. So what that tells me is Sounds that like the pocket change. <laughs> well, yeah, but when you think about it, for me. That might spell doom. <laughs> that might spell doom for the NCAA and college football because if the SEC is making more money than the entire NCAA, why do they need that governing body? They can get a commissioner, break away. Because, I mean, the NCAA doesn't sanction the national championship anyway. The college football playoff committee is compl- an com- entirely different entity than the NCAA. So the NCAA, in effect, kind of becomes irrelevant with that. And when the SEC is making all that money, the Big Ten's already trying to get teams like Oregon in it, trying to clean up teams from the Big 12 that are going to be left over. So if these super conferences start forming, they make a lot more money than the NCAA. I think the NCAA might become irrelevant altogether in college football. I yeah, so. that just seems kind of far-fetched. Mm. It may be. I don't know, dude. That just sounds crazy. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Uh, I'm cool with like Clemson joining because they're talking about it getting bigger, but I do not want Ohio State or Michigan to join at all. Yeah, those don't make sense. They really no, don't dude. make sense at all. Yeah, that's just it's bro. just straight money plays. That's all that is. If you're above the Mason Dixon line, <laughs> you can't join the Southeastern Conference. I'm putting my foot down right now. Dude. <laughs> I don't know who runs the SEC. I've heard his name a couple times this week. Greg Sankey. Yeah, I was going to say Sance. Yeah, Mr. Sankey, dude. <laughs> Where does he live, Atlanta? Uh, somewhere <laughs> like that, man. I don't think he wants to I don't think he wants to put out his location after 
Jackson <laughs> Kelly has a problem with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guards. Oh yeah, they don't stand a chance. But yeah, I don't. I'm cool with Clemson joining, and kind of mm. any other school. You know, Florida State, uh, North Carolina, mm. or you know, any of them. That's cool. But no, I, just, I don't know why, dude. That just bothers me. The idea of Michigan being in the Southeastern Conference. Good God. It doesn't, but it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And if you're Clemson, but honestly, if you're Clemson, why would you want to join the SEC? I understand that it would be a good move for the entirety of college football because right now Clemson just runs through the ACC with no competition. But they haven't made in that conference. And now if the ACC can add some teams from the Big 12 because there's only eight teams left there. And with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, it might turn into a fire sale because I don't know how they're going to make that conference survive unless they pick teams from the AAC. But that's definitely an interesting thing to look out for as the ACC and the Big Ten start trying to pick off teams from the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and form three super conferences. Because, I mean, college football and college sports in general, things move like dominoes. You know, Oklahoma and Texas are the first dominoes to fall. And now there might be a lot more dominoes coming after. So that's something I would definitely look for. The thing I don't like about that whole like super conference thing is like if those if the Big Ten actually gets those schools like because I saw they were talking about USC and UCLA, that just sounds like it just messes up everything. Like when it comes to like time zones, them playing and like this and that, like the travel just seems horrendous for all of them. And like I don't think that helps the players at all. Like it's straight money moves. Like it's only based on money. It, it makes no sense for the Pac-12. Like, Dabo was right, bro. <laughs> what did Dabo say? He was saying that, you know, players getting paid was going to ruin college sports, dude. As soon as it happened, look what started. That has nothing to do with Texas <laughs> and Oklahoma joining the SEC. That's been in play for years. They've wanted to no, leave the Big 12. No. It's just been yeah. hidden. So it's just ironic that it happened to time out this way. Uh, I think so. You know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, two big things happen, but they don't necessarily have <laughs> to be related. Uh, let me put it this way, dude. <laughs> okay. Dabo's got a little more of a connection upstairs than you do, buddy. <laughs> so I'm going to say he knew what was going to happen when this happened. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Oklahoma and Texas were filling in Dabo Swinney on every move they were going to make. You know, in 2009, <laughs> 2020, they probably had him on speed dial saying, hey, Dabo, next year we're going to try to make a play for the SEC. They knew that internally, but they weren't making calls to – one of the best programs in the country's head coach saying they're going to do this, do that. I mean, that doesn't. Make I was sense talking either. about the Lord, bro. Dabo's really <laughs> close with the man upstairs. So he <laughs> you're, you're talking about God, Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He knew as soon as the players started getting paid, what was happening. Is a sign. <laughs> yeah, he texted him out the heavens. But but isn't that something that would help Clemson though? Because it's such a high, you know. It's a great program, and you would think once players have that power that going there, they'd get the exposure, and it would help their recruiting. It's not that like, they're a little podunk school like South Carolina that can't recruit anyone. You know, Clemson's Clemson. <laughs> so, South Carolina's podunk? Well, they have been for the last 10 years since Steve Spurrier's been there. I mean, ever since he left in the middle of the season, what have they ever done? I mean, I mean, no shame. Regardless if they suck at college football now or not, I don't know if they're necessarily a podunk school. In college, <laughs> in college football, they're irrelevant. They are. I mean, when's the last time South Carolina has been relevant? Besides that one year they beat Georgia because Rodrigo Blankenship missed those field goals. Hey. When's the last time? Oh, I'm sorry, Lucas, for that. But when's the last hey. time they did anything relevant? 
I don't know, maybe 2014. Exactly. Last time Missouri was relevant. See, there's a trend among these irrelevant teams. The last time they were relevant was like eight years ago. And now there's really nothing to say for them. I mean, you could say they've fallen off the map. I wouldn't call them podunk, though. That was <laughs> yeah, offensive. I mean, they're still, like, Sorry. turning out. They're still yeah, turning I understand out. both guys. of you bozos are from Atlanta, Georgia. So, <laughs> hey, um, I, hey, for the record, I do not claim South Carolina is a podunk. I feel like there's are a billion different schools that are podunk. I mean, South Carolina does turn out NFL players. They haven't had, like, all the field success, but... Okay, that's true. Oh, dude, I the mean... college I went to was Poe Dong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, J.C. Horn was nice. I'll give him that. You know, they had Jadavion Clowney, who had probably the most overhyped hit in the history of college football. I mean, they, 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 had, some, they, they had some things going for him. I just what? Think... Oh, that was definitely the most overhyped hit of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. How? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one, I think the angle made it look like a better hit than it was. And number two, his Knocking helmet... his... Freaking his, helmet off. His helmet being loosely strapped on is the only reason that hit was so highly okay. regarded. Oh Think about it. Kid's <laughs> helmet goes flying off, and then he recovers the fumble. You forgot about Hold that. Hold up. Here's the tail. Here's what he for- Hang on. Loose. <laughs> Be quiet, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's right, barking in the background. <laughs> here's what you're forgetting. Okay, Go for so. It. You're the one that told me the other day. Let me think. Let me think. Our, one of our episodes, we were talking, arguing about something. Okay. Because, and you said that some, it was something Alabama did was greater because it was in a championship game or something. Yes, absolutely. What were we talking about? Do you remember I think, or no? I think, I think it was um, Tua's game-winning touchdown pass against the kick six. I said the, the touchdown okay, pass was better. Yes, I said the kick six was more iconic. Okay. So the, one difference. of the reasons – listen, I don't, I don't give a shit about Alabama football. <laughs> one time. of the reasons that um, I'm going to say the Jaden Clowney hit is because the situation. They got screwed on that. It was like they gave it a first down. It should have been a fourth. Like clearly in the very next play, he went and got the ball back. Like do you remember that? Like you're yeah, going okay. crazy on the sideline? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That adds into it. Like the whole just flip the script just like that. Mm, okay, that's a fair point. I just think sometimes plays, people are prisoners of the moment, and a replay gets played over and over and over and over again, and people just say, oh, my God, that's the best hit I've ever seen, when in reality, there's a lot of hits throughout the year that are just as good or better than that. It's just the moment kind of overshadows how, what the hit actually was or what the play actually was, if that makes sense. And Javion Clowney was a great college player. I mean, he's one of those guys that <laughs> – what? Got drafted first overall. <laughs> what Jadavion Clowney's had a weird career though, when you think about it, because he wasn't a bust, but I don't think he ever truly lived up to the expectations he had. Yeah, dude, he's kind of like Nadamakin. What? No, no, Nadamakin Sue was way better than Jadavion Clowney in his prime. Did he really live up to the expectations though? I mean, yeah, did he live and up it... to expectations, or was he just like dirty enough to where he gets his name in the headlines? Exactly. Like, I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like those good, two were kind of the same. Davian was as well. Davian yeah, took a little year. bit of time to prosper. Yeah, mm. like he, what's he? He like had a year there where like he had a good amount of like he had a good year. Like I think the situation just like the situation never fit. Like they don't like they never like stayed committed to Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, dude, he like, played in the worst franchise in NFL in the NFL, NFL. history. Yeah, it's, like the te- the Texans inconsistency. That. Texans inconsistencies are just like probably ruined him the fact that 
<laughs> Let me think. Yeah, the fact that they've been a franchise for barely 18 years and they've had three number one picks already says enough right there, dude. That, that's honestly so awful. It's terrible. I mean, God, dude, Arizona's poverty and our first ever number one pick was Kyler Murray. <laughs> I have a question for you, Jackson. One Yo. more about the SEC. Okay, so say when Oklahoma and Texas join, Alabama and Auburn slide east. Do you think that's the best way they can divide the divisions, or do you think they need to split them up in the pods of four that we talked about? <sighs> um, I don't know. I think that would be the most simple way. It'd be a little hard because then the east would have the f- – you know, the four best teams in the conference. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> that would be the easiest, but the East would have the four best teams in the conference. The four best teams in the conference with Oklahoma and Texas out West alongside LSU and alongside Texas A&M? All right, three. The three. You put Florida ahead of Texas A&M, LSU, and Oklahoma? Going no, dude, forward, Kentucky's potential is insane, dude. I'm telling you, in three oh years, I knew that was. Go- I knew it was going oh there. Oh my god! And I think Auburn's going to be good too. And Georgia and Alabama are heavyweights. Okay, yes, but Georgia the- and Alabama are heavyweights. Kentucky is not a heavyweight. I'm sorry to break that to you, but it's just not. I mean, I can't see they're them on being their a way to. Yeah, they're a cruiserweight right now. You know, we we passed. The Where's the recruiting weight. though? Where's the recruiting? That's what I need to see is the recruiting. I don't care I how. Mean, as of right now, bozo, our twenty twenty two class is higher than Alabama's. It's like eighth in the no, country. No, it's not. Ours is third now. We assigned a couple of recruits the other day. We bolted I'll up. I'll admit, last the list. I checked was maybe April. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I haven't checked. Exactly. But well, we we were. I mean, we got okay, like four okay. four stars, bro. I'm telling you. I mean, it's better than Florida's. Florida's is like 36, though. I mean, maybe, hey, maybe you are the third best team in the East, but it's not going to be that way, you know, when you got – I mean, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where you look at Auburn, you look at Kentucky, you look at Florida. Teams like that, they're going to have really good years. You know, they're going to have some mediocre years, but they're not They're not in contention with teams like We're Texas We're different than that, though. We're different than that, though. Oh, you definitely are, but going forward, we're exactly we're we're still building up, dude. Okay, that's fair. I mean, but no, realistically, I think the best way is probably a four fourteen pods. Okay, four yeah. four four, four, four four. But four for four. <laughs> uh, yeah, the simplest one would just be move Alabama and Auburn to the east. But you think the pods would be better? Um, I think the pods would be more interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think the pods would be more like they'd be more intriguing, and I mean, my biases is, is like I don't want to see Alabama every year. Like I just truthfully don't. If if we like maybe like start if we show like a history, like if we beat them in the SEC championship this year, and there's like some promise maybe, but like for a selfish reason, I'd rather just keep beating up on the East. Beating like, up on the East. <laughs> because like, you honestly. Know but you could you could make the schedule better, the SEC schedule improve it by adding these two teams and making pods. Because the way it is now, dude, like for example, Kentucky and Alabama, what do we play every six years? Well, yes, but here here's the thing: 
when this news first dropped and everyone was talking about the pods, that was the way I was leaning because I thought it would be interesting. It's more sensible. You know, you can put like say Alabama was in a pod with Auburn and Tennessee. They get to play those teams every year. And then the other team they would choose to play every year would be LSU. And then they can just cycle through the rest of the teams because there's really not another, you know, true, like big heavyweight rival outside those three. But then I got to thinking about it and I was looking at both sides of the SEC, the East and the West. And the East is so much weaker than the West that I feel like moving Alabama and Auburn East would make sense and balance the power, especially with Oklahoma and Texas coming aboard because when you play in the SEC West, I mean, I know you guys are SEC East fans, so you don't really have to experience the grind of the SEC West. But every single week in the SEC West, you're going to be tested. I mean, teams oh, like yeah, Arkansas, dude. teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi, like Mississippi State, State, State oh, Arkansas, they're, but they are not pushovers. But then you got teams like Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean. It's just not the same. The East has nowhere near the amount of competition as the West. So if you put Alabama, the greatest team of all, greatest program of all time, in the in the East alongside Auburn, who's a top twenty program of all time, Alabama, a, a program, program that they are football wise, they are. There's yeah, okay, no, buddy. Debate about it. Yeah, right. Then w- w- what program is better all time? Then huh? Yell. Who? Yell. It's an Yale? Ivy League school, bro. I knew it. Yeah. Yale. <laughs> the Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they win their national championships in the 1800s, man? Yeah, but they won like 45 straight. <laughs> They're a dynasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back when they didn't wear helmets and their pants were like, you know, like leather and they played with <laughs> they played with literally like a the football was like actual like leather. <laughs> when football was football, <laughs> <laughs> basically when football was rugby, they didn't even get real passes. <laughs> yeah, it literally was a pigskin, bro. It has blood on it from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> but see, man, I just think that the more I've thought about it, moving Alabama and Auburn to the East does make more sense. I think that's going to bounce power really well because in the West, every year it's going to be either Texas A&M, LSU, or Oklahoma, and then in the East. It's either going to be Alabama or Georgia. Maybe Florida, Auburn can kind of contend. Kentucky maybe a little bit. But it's going to be the same kind of dynamic where there's two dominant teams and then maybe a third dominant team some years and the rest kind of trying to get up to that level instead of doing pods where, okay, say you had Alabama, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Alabama's going to win that pod. And then say you have Kentucky, Georgia, USC, Florida – Georgia's going to win that, you know. There's always – the only problem with the pod system is there's going to be one dominant team in every pod, whereas when you split it up, you know. Not true, dude. That could change year by year. It could change year by year, but if the, the pod system that's been proposed by a lot of people, which would have Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas I mean, Texas it would essentially be like a mini NFL playoff. But you're saying for the SC championship, it wouldn't just be the top two teams. Like you'd put all four in there for that. You'd do a playoff. I don't know how you'd have enough. Exactly. For it'd be that. like you'd it'd have like divisions a in a No, you could. Okay. So oh, yeah, let's a little say baby playoff. A little baby mm. playoff. So basically what it is is what do we play? Do we play eight games now? We do, but we I think the I think the next move is gonna be to nine. I think that's gonna make the most sense because with the two teams joining, I think that the SEC is gonna break down and do the ninth game because it would just make a lot more sense. No, not anymore, dude. I'm calling Mr. Sankey. Listen, what's going to happen? <laughs> Keep it at eight. Okay. And then just have a and then have the winner of each pod go to uh, Atlanta, and then they play in the conference, like for a little mini conference playoff. See, I, 
I like that idea in theory. I really do. But I don't think teams are going to be sold on it because when you think about it, they already have to play 12 regular season games. And then they're going to have to play two postseason games when every other conference only plays one. And then they're going to have to go try to get in the playoffs. So it's kind of like you're adding another game of wear and tear on their bodies when with an expanded playoff probably getting set into motion by 2024, 2025. You're going to have a team 9-3, and 10-2 and two in the SEC basically guaranteed a playoff spot anyway. So why would they want to play that extra game, lose, have their playoff chances hurt when they could go 10-2, and two, not make the SEC championship, but still have a really good shot at the playoffs? So I think that's going to take instead or of – Or just cut it down that. to – cut it down. Because they're going to have to cut the season down regardless. Because if they're going to 12, 12 playoff teams, they're going to have to cut it down some. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's just a consequence of the expansion. Like with the SEC adding the teams and the playoff, like it's just like a something you have to live with if it happens. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I have no idea. I have literally none. Like I feel like it's gonna happen. It's not gonna be like any way we predicted. But honestly, what's 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 the most eye opening thing I saw today was. Now there's starting to there, – there's kind of whispers. There's nothing set in stone yet, but there's some whispers that the 12-team playoff is kind of in jeopardy with Oklahoma and Texas's move because if you remember, the original proposal for the 12-team playoff stated that the five best conference champions would get automatic bids. And at the time, that seemed like it made a whole lot of sense, but now the Big 12's entire future is in jeopardy. So at the entire – big- to 16. No, I, I think you would downgrade it to eight and not do automatic bids. I think that would make I, the most sense. I think increasing it would make a would make for a lot worse of a idea and a lot worse of a play. How many uh, Division One conferences are there? A good amount, but there's only five in the. There's only Power Five. I feel like you, I feel like you dissolve the Big Twelve champion from each conference. Oh, you're saying you're saying to dissolve dissolve the Big Twelve entirely. I think dissolve the Big Twelve, and then maybe you do the top two of the conference. No, that doesn't make like I'd say dissolve the Big Twelve and just like scatter them kind of across the Big Four, and then you do just the Power Four, and make those automatic bids. Why do we have to get rid of the Big Twelve? Like I, I feel like it's going to be the Big Eight pretty soon. I feel well, like they'll add on. They'll add all the other teams like Houston and like maybe like Memphis, Boise, and, UCF, maybe. Yeah, like they would add all those teams, but then I mean, I don't. I think they're just like they just downgraded so much. They're right. They like if you look at them, they're like a group of five instead of a power five. Because like you have wishy washy Baylor, wishy washy Ohio or Iowa State, and then wishy washy Oklahoma State every year, and none of them are going to compete with like with any of the like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. Like, mm. I think it kind of, like, I think that's what hurt the most about the, that was the biggest ramifications is Oklahoma and Texas leaving is that it really makes the Big 12, like, really exposed. Like, they look like, you know, any of those group of five, like the A-10 or Atlantic Coast or, I don't, I just don't see the appeal of the Big 12 anymore if you get rid of the two biggest money makers. Okay, so, okay, let me pose this question for you. So, say what you, what you're saying is going, or should happen happens and say houston ucf um, memphis teams like that join the big 12 so it's eight right now say they add two three four teams whatever 
what team would be the best team in the Big 12 going forward if you had that as a conference? Like, who would be, like, the, the heavyweight? Because without Texas and Oklahoma, it would be wide open. Yeah. I mean, I think it would, be, it would depend on who really secures themselves recruiting-wise with the Big 12, whether I think it would be Oklahoma State or Iowa okay. State, truth be told. I mean, maybe yeah. one of those, like, one of those wildcard uh, teams. Maybe. I disagree. Who would you think, then? Dude, it's got to be Baylor. See, I don't know because like Baylor you gotta think that with recruiting TCU. You know? What about TCU? They're right oh, there. Oh God bless! I forgot they existed. Uh, that that completely <laughs> completely ruins my point. I was gonna say with Texas now, there's no one to compete with Baylor for Big Twelve recruits in Texas. But I forgot. Wait, you gotta be a Christian to go to TCU? No. Oh, you don't. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Don't. yeah I <laughs> <laughs> they don't recruit players and go in there and they say, are you a Christian? <laughs> I'm sure they pray. <laughs> I mean, Trayvon Boykin went there and as soon as he left, he caught charges immediately for beating Whoa, women. Dog. Dude, what? Yeah, Yeah, no, Trayvon Boykin, when they had that year where they are like number five, the quarterback, he dude, left. I don't think he's a Christian. <laughs> he had to be praying a lot to get out of those charges, man, I swear. Are you a I Christian, LK? <laughs> I I don't think Texas. I don't think Texas Christian University is is a model school for people. I'll say a that real, much. a real Christian would forgive Trayvon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he needs forgiving. I know that much. He needs he needs forgiving. Not for me. Not for me. But uh, hey. the woman. Yeah, yeah. We can even trust her, dude. <laughs> See. The Big 12 is in a really fascinating spot, though, because when I think about teams like Iowa State, Oklahoma State, you know, Houston coming in, potentially UCF coming in, one of those can rise up and become sort of a power, but they're going to become the only Power 5 conference without a historical great program as its anchor. Because, I mean, the Pac-12 has USC. What about Boise? You're saying add Boise? That actually makes some sense. And Boise's got a pretty good history. They do, but I don't know if they're that classic anchor, legendary program that can step in and say, we're going to carry the conference. Yeah, because but- every conference has that. You think ACC has Clemson. The SEC has Alabama. The Pac-12 has USC. Ohio State in the Big Ten. The Big 12 would be in a weird position where it's like, they're still a Power 5 conference, but they don't have that anchor. They don't have that draw. They don't have that star-studded program that can represent them well in the playoffs. Because... Whoever got who right now, if Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, a team like that wins the conference, goes in the playoffs, they're going to get blown out. And like automatic bid for conference champion is great, but they're not going to be able to contend with the best of the best. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in any of those programs to be able to rise up and be an anchor program like Oklahoma and Texas were for the entirety of the Big 12. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Boise could because TCU transitioned pretty well. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're going to carry, but I mean, it's a possibility if Boise joins and that's your two biggest markets in the Big 12, them and TCU. And there was a year where, I mean, TCU almost made the CFP. They came in. They number should two. have. They should have. Oh, yeah, no. Wait, didn't Baylor beat them that year, though? Or do I have a Yeah, Baylor's like yeah. both of them. Both of them were up there. They got beat out by Ohio State, I think. But Baylor beat TCU. Baylor beat TCU on, like, a last-second field goal, I think, in week four. 
So they, they should have made it over TCU. Let me think. No. Uh, oh, yeah. TCU beat Baylor. And let me think. Baylor beat TCU in week four by field goal. TCU beat Baylor by like two touchdowns. And neither of them made the uh, final four or playoff four. It was uh, Ohio State. And Ohio State won the national championship, unfortunately. Yeah, dude, it was a joke. Someone else made it, too, that I didn't think deserved it, but I don't remember. Was that maybe Washington in 2016? I don't, I don't remember the year, dude. I don't, I don't remember. I, I remember, like, being in a certain setting arguing with uh, someone on Twitter about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember, like, the time frame. I remember you saying that Ohio State deserved to make it over Alabama that one year, which was absolutely insane. It was absolutely true. How? That, dude, in 2017, Alabama had one loss. Ohio State had two. Alabama went on to win the national championship. That's, that's cute, dude. I'm very proud of you. But um, <laughs> the Big Ten champion made the big, they won the Big Ten championship, dude. You're talking about the Big Ten. I mean, big deal. If Alabama was oh in the Big God, Ten that year, they would have been undefeated. Me. No problem. Alabama didn't even me. go to the SEC championship that year. But they were eleven and one. They lost one game. They were the yeah. best team all year long. Lost one game. Didn't even Did, play. And they ended up winning it all. So I mean, could you beat Auburn? Oh, I'm so pissed off just thinking about <laughs> it. And I hate Ohio State. I mean, I just told. I mean, I don't want them in my conference. <laughs> they reek. But uh, yeah, they should have got a chance to play for a national championship. But. It's going to 12 now, hopefully 16 soon. 16. Stop <laughs> yeah. He's looking forward. Oh, dude, I wanna, you're, you're just uh, trying to get you're trying to get an avenue in with Kentucky making the playoff. <laughs> oh, they'll 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 make it when it goes to 12. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way, bro. Kentucky will play for a national championship in football, at least in the playoff format before this decade's out. Ladies and gentlemen, I just have to tell you something real quick. <laughs> This man, Jackson, came up with the – because we were talking about a, a potential pod system in the SEC. And the potential pod that he had for Kentucky would have them facing off against Mizzou, Tough Tennessee, oh, God. and Vanderbilt. Smartest <laughs> okay? team in the SEC. So I want you to put two and two together. He wants his pod system. He wants Kentucky in this quote-unquote North, North pod. And they get the – three of the worst teams in the SEC with them, <laughs> giving them a very easy shot to his little proposed SEC playoff. So I see where you're going with that. It's very smart. You know, the playoff, the, 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 that's very imaginative. But it's, it, it's obviously very biased. There's no bias because it geographically makes sense. I can't help the way it is. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to get geographical with it, Arkansas is technically north of Tennessee. No, they're not. Slightly. There's no way, dude. Pull a map up. I'm looking at a map right now. It looks like Knoxville is about di- – they're, they're, they're about equal. I mean, they're, they're, they're right right there, I want to say. Okay, well, Arkansas goes in my west. And, dude, I don't give a – dude, put Arkansas in it then. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas's not that much of an upgrade over Tennessee. <laughs> put Alabama in it, dude. I don't care. We'll come out of the north. Put Alabama <laughs> in it and you're coming out of the north? 
Yeah, dude, you guys are about to be washed <laughs> in about three or four years. Co- you might you might come out of the north with a lot of injuries, but you're not coming out of the north with a win. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. I'll tell you right now, dude. I'm t- dude. I'm ooh. I'm excited for college football this year for the first time in my entire life. Should well, be excited, man. Got I think tickets, boy. I think it's going to be a great year. I mean, we come in really hot. I mean, you got Alabama, Miami, you got Georgia, Clemson. You got a great slate of games. And then every week, there's I mean at least three or four awesome games to watch. So oh, there yeah. was there was one slate where like it was nonstop. It was the entire day. Oh yeah, I think that was like week six, seven, or eight. Like, yeah, they had Kentucky weeks. on there. That was a week we play LSU. Ooh, that's going to be a really good game. It's in Lexington too. Mm-hmm. You coming? What'd you say now? You coming to that game? Yeah, why not? That's actually a pretty good point. I mean, it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, dude, I will be. I think Kentucky oh, might awesome. win it. I, I do, mean, don't shut up. No. What? I've been saying they would. You've been <laughs> destroying me. Hey, well, it's going to be a pretty close game. I mean, Kentucky's at home. They're going to have a lot of momentum. They're going to have some pretty good fans there. And I don't think the fan base is going to be as rabid as LSU's fan base, but it'll be pretty, you know. Oh, you wait till they play Grove Street, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it goes crazy. The buzz will go up. No one knows what you're talking about besides people that live in Kentucky. So for all of our other listeners, <laughs> have you ever heard sorry. the song Grove Street? Well, yeah, but who, but who knew that they were they would play? I don't know, man. I'm they played every home game, and no one knows that because Kentucky's been irrelevant for <laughs> countless years. Yeah, well, no, the teams know it. I can promise you that, bro. As yeah. Nick Saban about Grove Street, dude, you'll start shivering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're always up by about forty points, and by that time, you know, they got all their little backups in. So it's like probably the first game they've ever played in because they're all third string. So it's pretty memorable for them, you know. Whatever First song they heard while playing because you know they were never played before and they finally got in the game because <laughs> they're up by so many points. <laughs> okay, dude, you're hilarious. <laughs> but man, before we get out of here, we have to touch on Aaron Rodgers officially being back with the Green Bay Packers. Um, he seems still very critical of the organization, and this seems to be his last year in Green Bay. But his return is kind of a shock when the Vegas odds were actually favoring him to retire instead of returning. So, LK, I'm going to take, take this to you. What do you think about Rodgers coming back, and are the Packers now the favorite in the NFC? Uh, I mean, yeah, they should. I don't know if wow. they're the favorite of the NFC like as a whole. Still have L.A. creeping, and the Buccaneers <laughs> are still there. They should absolutely wash the, their division. So they'll be in the playoffs, mm. guaranteed. They're going to be in the playoffs easily. But, I mean, this puts them, I mean, this puts them right back up there. Where like we didn't know Rogers was playing, so we were like, "Oh, maybe the Packers are gonna, you know, fade away to you know darkness." But Rogers is back at least for this year, and I mean, you know, you have the rating MVP. You should be a contender. You should be right up there, especially since you made the last two NFC championships. And they got Randall Cobb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Randall Cobb's back, and you know, seems really happy. You know, it seems like a, they're trying a little bit to mend bridges. With Rodgers, I mean, I think I think Green Bay was. It's been weird because they've been all this extension talk with Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, you know, trying to get his way out. But since he's back, you know, maybe maybe the noise settles down for at least this off season. You know, he threw his temper tantrum. He's out of, or he could be out of there as soon as next year. You know, just suck it up this year and 
you know, who knows? I think they could. I think this puts them right back in like at least the top three of the NFC. Uh, yeah, I give them top three. I think. Uh, first of all, his little interview he had, which I'll I'll be the first to admit, dude. I'm an Aaron Rodgers hater, but I thought it was great. He was very professional and just said it the way he's seen it, and he was right on a lot of things. But so, why are you a hater then? Why are you a hater then? Oh, when, God, dude, he's overrated. probably the best quarterback of all time, and you're a hater. I'm not a hater, <laughs> bro. I just think he's overrated. Why would he be overrated though? Like, what is the reason behind him being overrated? Just please like, fill me in on this. Well, first of all, dude, he's a choke artist. A choke artist. Hold up, you only get to it, dude. I look. I'm not gonna be able to find this stat because I've seen it on the herd one time, but uh, this was recent. He can't come back from game, games he's down in. Aaron Rodgers has a passer rating of 100 in the playoffs. 45 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. That's <laughs> not a choke, Super Bowl man. Once. Dude, listen because to his this. defenses have been bad. Oh, my God. Can you let me speak, bro? <laughs> <laughs> in games that he gets behind, he has a less than 50% win rate. Like, even 3-0, dude. Less than 50%. Because his defenses are bad. Okay, if you're the greatest quarterback of all time and you – chances are, more than likely, if you get down 3-0, you're not going to be able to come back. Something's not adding up, bro. I never said greatest. I said best. Although Brady no, no, has no, the no, greatest no, 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 career, no, no, no. Rodgers is the better the quarterback. quarterback. I say he's maybe the best he's walking quarterback it back. of all time. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's the wa- he best of all that. time. No, he's not. He's definitely better than Brady is. I mean, Brady has a greater career, but Rodgers is definitely the better quarterback. I mean, I don't even think that's a debate. I don't think that's even up for discussion. I mean, maybe a little stronger of an arm. Better decision maker. No, he's not a better decision maker than Brady. Career-wise? Oh, absolutely. Career-wise. Rodgers is one of the best decision makers of all time with the position. I mean, honestly, Brady is great. Yeah, dude, what he made he a is. great decision forcing that throw. He should have just ran it. Oh, and Brady made a great decision throwing three awful interceptions and got bailed out by a great defense in the same game. Yeah, dude, Rodgers is the best quarterback ever and couldn't beat a guy, a 45-year-old who threw three interceptions. <laughs> Come on, dude. So is football You can't say on- the defense sucks when they got three interceptions. Well, they were just awful throws. I mean, a high school defense <laughs> could have picked off those passes, you know? I I highly doubt it, but uh, you, know, you go off, dude. That seems like a reach, man. I mean, those were all. Yeah, like, dude. Let's put a fourteen-year-old against Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> they should have I mean, been all. I mean, when he's at, when interceptions. He, when he's underthrown by like twenty yards, it's kind of easy to make that pick, you know. I mean, then why did Rogers do anything with all of them? Because he couldn't, dude. He sucks. He's a he had all those picks. I mean. I mean, I don't know how a guy, to your point, Jackson, I don't know how a guy with a hundred passer rating in the playoffs of forty-five touchdowns, only thirteen interceptions, is a choke artist, especially when he's put on some of the best performances we've ever seen in the playoffs. But go off. I don't remember one Rogers performance in the playoffs. I'll be the honest. The only one I can think of is the is Dak and Zeke's first year. Okay, yeah, that That's game, the, the game think. against the Cardinals, the Did Super he Bowl. Lost? Every playoff game on that Super Bowl <laughs> run, I mean, he's had a lot of great, great, great performances in the playoffs. Okay, and a lot of that Cardinals game was look, he had two hail marys on one drive. That was bad defense. 
And they were great throws. They were and on the money. A, a certain player that the Cardinals had that year that was injured, but if he was playing, that would not have happened. 2009 wild card. They lost 51 45 oh, to the Cardinals. God. He played a great game. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was talking about wild card. One. I was talking about the one in 2015 or 2016, maybe one of them two years. 2015. It, I mean, you even think about like in 2011, they lost to the Giants. They but lost hold 37 up, hold to 20. Time out. Do you know uh, that one you're talking about in 2009 to the Cardinals that he lost? Do you know how yeah. they lost? Yeah, I just remembered. Your boy A Rod fumbled the ball, dude. Choke. Hey, a, f- yeah. a fumble is not right a choke. Him. A fumble is when your line breaks down. It did dude, it. He, it. It did. He dropped it. He dropped it. Well, he wouldn't have dropped it if the team around him. He wouldn't have dropped up. it, dude. He wouldn't dude, have butterfingers if he listen, bro. If you can't handle the pressure, you can't handle the football. Plain and simple. Well, hey, just listen to this, okay? Playoff loss in 2011, 37 to 20. The defense gave up 37 points. The he next scored, year, he didn't even score three whole touchdowns. The next it was year, they Lambeau. lost 45 <laughs> to 31 against San Francisco. The defense gave up 45 points. Okay, that's insane. And then, I mean, you look at other games like the game against Seattle. He played a great game. They lost 28 to 22, but that really wasn't on him either. Oh well. Didn't they give up like a fourteen point lead in them past like last like five minutes? Yes, because of AJ Hawk. Okay. Wasn't That's on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and okay. And the Super Bowl wasn't on Matt Ryan then. We we agree. Oh, I agree the Super Bowl wasn't on Matt Ryan. But you said it was partially on him. So this is well, partially on Aaron Rodgers. Well, see, that's a you little bit different. You gotta make sense. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. see, that, that's uh, different. Uh, I, I got, I gotta shift the goalposts a little bit because if you put Aaron Rodgers in in Matt Ryan's position, down twenty eight three, he wins that football game, and it's not all Matt Ryan's <laughs> fault. But you gotta, you gotta admit that when the pressure got on, I mean, he he didn't really step up, you know, like it, it wasn't on him for losing. I mean, they should have just ran the ball, kicked the field goal, won the game. But Matt Ryan, when they got out 28-3, he didn't do anything to protect that lead. He didn't do anything to win that football game when Aaron Rodgers certainly would have. So it's not that it's Matt Ryan's fault they lost. It's Matt Ryan is sort of accountable to a degree because he didn't do anything to prevent the loss, if that makes sense. It's not on him for losing. He's probably fourth or fifth in line to blame, but he didn't make enough great plays to usurp it. Well, then we'll go to this NFC Championship, and I'll put this kind of on Rodgers as well, since he's such a great quarterback and couldn't take advantage of three interceptions. Boom, boom, boom. Well... I mean, if you want to get technical about it, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense. I know. That's why I said he couldn't take advantage of the three interceptions that his team got for him. Yeah, and the Buccaneers still went loco on them, and the three interceptions didn't make up for the fact that the Buccaneers were moving it on them like through Swiss cheese. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? The Buccaneers got it done. The Packers didn't. And that doesn't okay. mean Aaron Rodgers has ever been a worse uh-huh. quarterback than Tom Brady. Tom okay, Brady's had... look up the final score of that game real quick for me, please. Oof. Let's see. We'll do this real quick. Yeah. While he's looking that, I up, swear to God, if they did, if if it's under twenty five, dude, I'm gonna. Oh my god. 
Because I don't think the Bucks scored more than 25 points. It was trouble, please. 31 to 26. Oh, oh yeah. His defense gave up 31 whole points, and they still turned the ball over three times. Imagine that. Poor Aaron Rodgers. He's balling his heart out. He is trying his best to get his team to a Super Bowl, and his putrid defense still gives up 31 points, although they turned the Bucks over three times. That's insanity. And the Puck- <laughs> what, was, Pack- uh, what was Rodgers' stats? Okay, I know you still got it up. How many interceptions he had? Oh, I mean, pick six. He had one. He had one interception. Okay, oh, that okay. interception was a Mickey Mouse interception. Oh that my was... god! <laughs> Are you serious? All right, I won this debate. You won what debate? I gave you stats. I backed it up with facts. You back it up with oh, it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. He didn't take advantage. You're telling me the man's a choke artist who had 45 touchdowns in the playoffs, 13 oh interceptions, god, and dude. a passer rating of 100. I mean, cool. I'm telling you this, dude. Games he gets behind, he can't come back and win. And that's really not his fault. If he had an elite defense like Tom Brady, if he had an elite – Tom Brady has a career passer rating of 90.4 in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is 100.5. That's a huge gap. That's a monumental gap. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Tom Brady has 83 touchdowns, 38 interceptions in the playoffs. That's a much worse ratio than Aaron Rodgers has. I almost double. So you can't tell me that Tom Brady is a better playoff performer than Aaron Rodgers just because he has six more rings when those are team accomplishments. The first three rings he won were all because of his team, because he had a great kicker, a great defense. He was a game manager. The last four he won, he played <laughs> Tom pretty Tom Brady well. was carried by Gostkowski. <laughs> the first three he absolutely was. You think about Tom Carried? Brady's- he had, to put him, he had to put him in the Carey. spot to make those kicks. Oh, oh no, yeah. dude. He like was kicking so him from 80 throwing, yards away. <laughs> <laughs> throwing five-yard little dump screens, setting him up to win the Super Bowl when they had the best defense in the NFL, the best coach in the NFL, the best kicker in the NFL. Heck, there's 10, 15 guys that could have stepped up in his place and did it. And I'm not saying Brady is not great. He has the greatest career of all time. But if we want to look at it objectively and think, when was Tom Brady at his best? It was honestly the 10-year gap between Super Bowls. The 10-year gap they, between 2007 and 2017, he probably – or no, I'm sorry, 2004 to 2014, he had the best years of his career. That was the best his statistical prime? stretch. His prime was when they weren't <laughs> winning Super Bowls. Think about that. The best seasons of his career, they did not win the Super Bowl. But the, the beginning of his year and the back end of his career is when they piled up all the rings. So that kind of goes to show it's a lot more about – the team it's a lot more about the defense it's a lot more about the special teams than it is just about tom brady being great because if you gave aaron Rodgers or tom brady or patrick mahomes or any other great quarterback the same situation brady have they would still they would have the same amount of rings and i don't care that brady left for tampa bay because that was a great situation to step into he had another great coach a phenomenal defense a phenomenal pass rush the tampa bay buccaneers were the perfect system for him to step into so, at the end of the day, man, I just don't think that Brady, although he is the greatest from a career perspective, is better than Aaron Rodgers. He's just not. That's cute, dude. Um, but back to the <laughs> subject at hand. Uh, yeah, dude, Rodgers is coming back, but I think this is his last year. And next mm. year, he'll make his way to... The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, right, no, y'all dude. got Dwayne Haskins, bro. Y'all got Dwayne Haskins, the future. <laughs> I see Rodgers following the path of the greatest quarterback of all time. 
Peyton Manning. He's going to Denver. <laughs> Your dog's actually. Moose agrees. He agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a Broncos fan. As soon as you said that. <laughs> no, he's actually a Chargers fan. Nah, man. Dude heard Peyton Manning. He started thinking about Papa John's. No, dude. He heard Broncos. He's supposed to hate them because he's a Chargers fan. He's a oh, good boy. Okay. He didn't want the. He didn't want him to go to no. Denver. Yeah, no. He's scared. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see that. I mean, I think I don't know. It just seems like a whole lot can change in a year, and I, I feel like maybe he like chases something in Las Vegas if they finally agree to move on to Derek or off of Derek Carr. Whoa. I mean that's a dark mm. that's a dark horse location for me, but I feel like there's always a chance. Honestly, man, as biased as I am, one of the Steelers make a world of sense oh if Ben were to retire. Think about it. No, you have a great defense. <laughs> if Ben retires after this season, you have a great defense. You have a, a, a line that's very young and will be very good by next season. You have really good wide receivers. You have a good head coach. You have a good offensive coordinator. You could get Rodgers in there, and I think that it would be a great move for his career because Pittsburgh's a lot like Green Bay. You know, it's kind of a blue-collar, hard-working town, you know. He's a California kid. He doesn't care about that. (laughs) Oh, dude. Pittsburgh's co-dunk. (laughs) (laughs) Pittsburgh makes Kentucky – okay, if you want to compare Kentucky and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh looks like literally – New York City compared to Kentucky. It's like Metropolis compared to New York City. Or <laughs> we have to cities Kentucky. much nicer and bigger than Pittsburgh. That is cap. No, You've it's never not. Never been to downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, man. It is. It is a sight to behold. Kentucky you ever been is... to downtown Lexington? <laughs> you ever been to downtown Louisville? It's it's well, Louisville actually. You is ever been nice, to downtown but... Harrisburg? Dude, the biggest city even close to Kentucky is Cincinnati. There's nothing – in Pittsburgh's a lot nicer than Cincinnati. There is nothing in Kentucky even close to Cincinnati. There, I mean, okay, it's not even the cl- nicest close big city to Kentucky. Everyone in Kentucky is a Bengals fan because Cincinnati is the only – You're forgetting another team? No, there's three – that's – I mean, it depends where you live in Kentucky, but there's three teams like right next to the border. Dude. Dude, <laughs> there's a lot of Colts fans. Okay, and a lot of Titans fans. I would think that the reason that is is because Kentucky doesn't have a city worth hosting any um, professional sports franchise. That's so. not true. Louisville could. Well, they obviously we won't be can't. for we we won't be for ten probably ten fifteen years. <laughs> Because of a little situation that happened last summer. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's where the NBA wanted the Raptors to go. Because remember, they're, you know, they're foreign and they couldn't like go because of COVID. Yeah. But they kind of scoffed at the idea because something happened there. I'm not real sure what. (laughs) Something went down, dude. Hmm. I mean, nothing against Kentucky. You know, it's a really pretty state, but it's just one of those things where. It's not – I don't think it can hold a – An pro- NBA team would definitely work in Louisville. That's I can the promise only, you that. That's the only pro, pro sports team I could see working there, honestly. Because, yeah, like, they love basketball there. Yeah, an NBA team would 100% work in Louisville. I mean, Louisville's wh- nicer than Indianapolis. 
I could see that. I mean, Indianapolis, whenever you see like a like a flyover shot, you just see Lucas Oil Stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally it. It looks like nothing in Lucas Oil Stadium. That's like the you biggest little, You get out the little circle, it's just corn. That's the entire Midwest. <laughs> it's corn. Basically. I went there. I went to a Colts game when I was little. It's actually the first like thing that happened at Lucas Oil Stadium. It was a preseason game. Yeah. And then I went to a Pacers-Clippers game like two years ago. Oh, that's dope, man. NBA games have a really good, like, atmosphere to them. I love them. Yeah, right, dude. They were pissed off. <laughs> Why? Because Paul George was a Clipper, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I can oh, see that. Dude, yeah, 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 yeah. They You're were, right. like, talking trash. And then, so, dude, I was wearing my Clippers jersey. And some asshole beside me, bro, he was like, what was y'all's record last year? I was like, uh, I did. I actually got it right. I think it was like 50 and 32. Went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, I, I nope. overpaid for my tickets. Bro. I was like three rows off the court. So I was oh, my God. Dude, that's awesome. Dude, it's Jeez. Indiana. Who the hell's going to go watch a basketball game on a Wednesday night? <laughs> They love basketball in Indiana. That's like the biggest basketball state. They're like obsessed. Like the Dude, they have they actually have the hardest time selling tickets of any other NBA team other than the Pelicans. I would think the Sacramento Kings would. I don't know why, but like I just feel like nobody in Sacramento wants to go watch the Kings play. Well, like, the, the, the reason the reason I say that is I would say they probably do sell a little better than those teams. But the difference is the Pacers are actually pretty relevant of a team and no one shows up. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I can see like because they don't have I've like, actually, a marquee uh, star. I don't, I don't like reading because it gives me a headache. <laughs> but I like listening to audio books. Okay. And uh, Colin Coward has one called Raw, and he was talking about that, and he said it all has to do with the malice in the palace. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's a good take. I think I think the malice in the palace is. I know we're getting way off football here, but I think. The Mouse in the Palace is one of the most interesting things to ever happen in sports history because you think about in 2021 what it would look like if oh, fans and players all started to fight with social media being such a big presence. Yeah. Imagine if like an NBA game, if like the crowd and the, and the players and the fans and the staff and everything just all started brawling, how what kind of a spectacle that would be. <laughs> I mean, they're about to come out with a Netflix uh, documentary on it. Oh, man, that's sick. Yeah, y'all ever been? Y'all ever been that. to a sporting a sporting event where a fight got out in the crowd? No, Oof, I see. Oh, I, I see like bro. arguments, but like. Oh, actually, no, no, no. I take that back. This is a crazy story, or not really a crazy story, but it's a story. Um, I went to a preseason Falcons game with a friend back in 2012. They were playing the Dolphins, and I had pretty good tickets because you know it's just a preseason game. Nobody really cared about it, yeah, and there were some rich. Well, I mean, dude, it's a preseason game. Like they basically <laughs> give away tickets to preseason games. But there were some Dolphin fans sitting behind us and some really drunk, obnoxious Falcon fans sitting in front of us. And my dad was kind of like in, in between both of them. And he's like looking up at the at the rafters. And the, the Dolphins fan says, hey, man, what are you looking for? And he says, I'm looking for Super Bowl band. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the the Falcons fans are like, oh no, man! And then the Dolphin fans behind us and the Falcon fan in front of us start going back and forth. And then next thing you know, when we're about to leave the stadium, like this game's over, 
they were brawling by the bathrooms. This is the same set of fans that were sitting <laughs> behind us in front of us. And they, they all ended up getting arrested. And like, we saw it happen. Like they were by the bathrooms all getting arrested because they started brawling after a preseason game. And the funny thing was, is man, it was like preseason. Like it wasn't even that serious, but they got so wild <laughs> up that they started to brawl. <laughs> oh, dude, I got a crazier one, bro. What's that? So I went to Brownstown, Indiana to watch a dirt race one time. Right? A <laughs> dirt <laughs> race? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, wait, like, wait. what no i was about to say like that one like it's like tony stewart hitting that person type like dirt race uh no that was a sprint car this was late model <laughs> oh okay, okay but anyways uh the race was the race they have like heat races qualifying races this is not even the main race okay and there's a there's a guy walking i guess the guy he wanted to win was winning and he was like cheering by the finish line <laughs> some dude from the crowd throws a beer and it hits him this dude turns around and this dude's like up in the stands points at him because you gotta think this is like a fairground stand too like it's not a big venue points at him walks up it grabs him from like the very top and they roll through the rest of the crowd dude people are falling over <laughs> oh fighting. my god oh, yeah, sounds incredible dude. oh it was amazing <laughs> I loved every second of it that's a that, that's a Jackson Kelly story if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but man, really quickly before we get out of here, I have to highlight something very special that has happened in the last couple of days. Well, it better be important because I gotta go to bed, dude. <laughs> two minutes. I bet. Oh, okay. It's 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 two minutes for two uh. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> this whole becomes a segment. Well, we, oh, yeah, that, that's a great idea, Lucas. We're going to start doing it. the two minutes for Tua because, listen, the last two mm. days at training camp, Tua has been lighting it up. He had a 60-yard bomb today, three oh touchdowns. <laughs> three oh, touchdowns, man. no. <laughs> three touchdowns, no picks. Okay? Dawson's third stringers had no chance. Dude, dude the hey, Miami – I seen AJ Green catch a pass today, bro. He's back in his prime. But he has been lighting it up. The Miami media is saying he has the it factor. You know, they're all coming to him saying, Tua has it. I'm telling you, man. Tua is the future. He's playing great. He has his swagger. He has his confidence now. He's playing like the Tua at Alabama. He's slinging that rock. He looks confident. He looks poised. I mean, one of his biggest haters um, on Twitter, uh, Neil Driscoll, is saying his growth is evident. He's saying that Tua is really showing maturity, showing growth, and all these uh, media members are saying that Tua's coming along. And they're watching these practices saying that he looks so much more comfortable and he looks like an NFL quarterback now. And it goes to my point that he's going to dominate. That first pick six, he's going to crumble right back into that same Tua. I just have no comment. Is this really what we're talking about right now? <laughs> the training camp throws are going crazy, man. We haven't done an episode in like two weeks, and this dude has to end it on Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. Don't give a sh- dude. I'm, why would I? Why would I worry about a backup's last name? Um, I think you're going to want to know his name when he wins the MVP and you're going to have to have it memorized because, you know, they're going to have it on the trophy and it's going to be all over the NFL social media. If two and... wins MVP this year, dude, I'll give you a thousand dollars. I didn't say this year, but I'll remember that. Oh, it came this year. Tia Tagalavoa. 
Because you know Tua's going to have a pretty uh, <laughs> pretty stacked trophy case one of these days. You know what? You yeah, know? dude. Oh, my yeah. goodness. If, if Tua if – Tua, if the Dolphins don't draft a quarterback in the first round next year, I'll give you $1,000. <laughs> well, I'm about to be $1,000 richer. <laughs> yeah, dude. Tua sucks. Tua's I don't think Tua sucks, dude. I just think, you know, I think his – I mean, I could name like twenty quarterbacks. I think is better than him off the top of my head. Well, right now, yeah, but in five years, he's going to be in the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Hands Hawaii down. Why and Josh Rosen? <laughs> Do not disrespect Josh. <laughs> I knew that was going to get under your skin. I want to attack both of y'all there. <laughs> Let Josh get a good, an actual opportunity, and it's ball game. Maybe in like the CFL, you know, he kind of looks Canadian as it is. You know, he kind of has that big nose. He's kind of, you know. Jeez, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if this Trey Lance character doesn't live <laughs> up to Trey Lance character? And this Jimmy Garoppolo dude gets hurt again, which he will. They, that might be the best thing to happen to the Niners. You put Josh Rosen on God. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. You're talking about a practice squad quarterback, man. Yeah, he's third string. Barely. He, he, dude, I'm telling you, if if they go down this year and Josh starts, they found their quarterback for the next 15, 20 years because it's over. All I want to say before we get out of here, Jackson, is you're lucky that C.J. Beathard is with the Jacksonville Jaguars because if he was still on the 49ers, your boy Josh Rosen would be out on the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, dude. 